You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, March 18th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off-Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for... You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres for the show's account if you want exclusively Padres content. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Although I will say, maybe today wasn't your first listen. And there's a reason for that. It's because I heard, I, I felt the mojo, ladies and gentlemen. I heard the vibes. I was listening to the Magic Conch show. I heard, I heard something. I heard it, I heard it, and I heard that the Padres made a move, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, guys. We're going to be talking about the acquisition of Luke Voigt from the Yankees, a trade that they made this morning, basically around the time that you probably started working, and you were probably like, oh my god, I'm still upset about Tatis, I'm still upset about Freddie Freeman. Well, the Padres did finally make a move, so we're going to be talking about that, we're going to be talking about what it means since Luke Voigt has been traditionally known as a first baseman slash DH, what this could mean for the Padres' current first baseman who, of course, will not be named on this show. And what that means going forward, whether or not they're going to make more moves, it's exciting, man. It's exciting. It's exciting to finally talk about a Padres move. So let's get into it. And also, hopefully, YouTube uh, watchers, hopefully you enjoyed the little, kind of little new intro. I messed it up at the, a little bit at the end there, but still. All right, everybody. The Padres was announced via John Heyman this morning that they traded for Luke Voigt, like I said, first baseman slash DH for the New York Yankees. In the deal, they sent over Justin Lang, a pitching prospect who is basically a rookie ball pitcher who has not been all that amazing. So before we talk about Voight, let me just say this was not a top-level prospect. This was not a guy, this wasn't even Ethan Elliott. This wasn't a gasser. This was not a, of certainly not a C.J. Abrams, right? And I imagine that that should surprise people. Luke Voigt isn't necessarily the most desired commodity currently on the market, whether it be free agency or trades, whatever. But in terms of just who I've talked to, I talked with, um, you know, uh, Jeff Ellis over at Locked On Guardians, and he is really big time. He is a believer in buying in on Padres pitchers, right? Buying in on Padres pitchers because Padres, their system, their management historically, not the best at developing pitching. But what he did say, and I saw a bunch of tweets and whatnot, he has back-end potential, this kind of guy. That's what his like, kind of upside is. Very well thought of in college, but he kind of slid a little bit and, you know, like I said, Padres are kind of awful at developing stuff, and maybe a scenery change could do him justice. Uh, the Yankees are actually low-key, not too bad at developing talent as an organization. I mean, shit, they better be pretty good at it. They're, they're, they're like one of the five biggest organizations in all of sports in the world, so you better be pretty good at it. But uh, So from that perspective, it's not bad for them. But he did struggle, like I said, has seven ERA uh, the last time I'm pretty sure I saw him in rookie ball and whatnot and, and single A. So this wasn't a giant piece. So it works for the Padres. They're getting Luke Voigt, who, you know, some people might be saying, oh, he had a down year. His, his, his season last year, 239, 328, 437 slash line. Kind of an average, not great power hitter. You know what I'm saying? He did manage to hit 11 home runs in 68 games, which isn't bad. But you have to keep in, take into account that he was hurt. Yes, that is the biggest red flag about this deal is that Luke Voigt is an injury risk. But my thing is, you know, 
look at his production beforehand. If you start in 2018, he actually had a decent slash line with a 322, 398, 671. That's not that's more than decent. And he did hit 15 bombs in 47 games, so he kind of blew onto the scene. Then the Yankees acquired him, and for the Yankees, just in granted a short time frame, this is where a lot of his 2018 2018 season value came from. 333, 405, 689. He just killed it with the Yankees. 14 home runs with them as compared to just one when he was with the Cardinals. So he blew up and blew up in a big way. And you might be saying, well, it was a fluke. A lot of people agreed with you. You know what I mean? I remember in fantasy drafts, he was being taken very late. He was everyone saying, I mean, can we trust this? I mean, they've had guys do well for them. Your Mike Talkmans, your Mike Fords, your, um, what's what's that guy's name? Uh, Wade, Tyler Wade. They've done well in decent stretches. Well, he continued it up in 2019 with a 263, 378 on base. That's very nice. 464 slash line with 21 home runs over the course of 118 games. So definitely pretty good power there. Doesn't provide incredible defense over at first base, but we're going to talk about him later. It's not like that's something we're unused to over at the first base position for the uh, San Diego Padres, but... Then he follows it up in 2020. Granted, a truncated season. There are a lot of players who did well. You could look at Will Myers, who I've given some flack on this show. He was like up there in OPS and slugging and hard hit and all that stuff among all players in baseball in 2020. But it still should be brought up that he managed to slug 22 home runs in 2020 over just 56 games. So the bottom line is, and a 277-338 slash line, 610 slugging, yes, the on-base percentage did go down a little bit, but he was clocking homers. And I remember that. Being from the Jersey era, uh, area, uh, I knew a lot of people who were just hyped about Luke Voigt just hitting home runs every other at-bat. It was a lot of fun for them. And then he followed it up, like I said, with the same level of power, but not the same other areas where he contributed. And a big thing that needs to be pointed out, though, that I think, is that Luke Voigt lost playing time. And the reason he lost playing time was because he was hurt. And the Yankees really need to kind of make up some moves. They traded for Joey Gallo at the trade deadline last year. They traded for Andrew Heaney. And, of course, they traded for Mr. Anthony Rizzo, who they just re-signed to a two-year, $32 million deal. Rizzo, I actually think, is probably on the back end of his career. I think that he's probably the best is kind of gone, at least in my opinion. He's got some good walk rate. He's got some good defense over at first base. He sees a lot of pitches, which is nice. And he's a left-handed bat, which the Yankees need. So I understand them choosing him over Luke Voigt. But Luke Voigt, kind of publicly disgruntled, publicly kind of infuriated by the Yankees front office. And what I did like about him is when he kind of came out last year in the media, you guys could go look up the quotes and kind of being annoyed at his lack of playing time was that that first game after when they put it back in the lineup, RBI double. Like, he came through. I think that does matter. He has a little bit of a swagger to him. I like the kind of headband that he's got. He looks like he looks like he's a football player that, like, played in your high school. Like, he's the type of guy that you knew walking around high school that was, like, super big into sports. Like, he looks like a jock, almost. And I kind of like that. So he delivers on the power, which is very good. And most importantly, low cost. I have been saying this all off season that I do not think the Padres, given their payroll, which by the way, just to remind everybody, they're fourth in Major League Baseball in payroll behind only the Mets, Yankees, and those pesky Los Angeles Dodgers. Obviously, those teams have gone up a little bit, especially the Dodgers and Mets, with some certain signings that they've made, and who knows if they're done yet. But it's not like the Padres aren't spending, so I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't uh, aggrieve, begrieve, I wouldn't, what's the word? I wouldn't begrudge ownership if they were saying, hey, maybe we don't give out another giant deal. That's paying someone 15, 20 million a year. You know what I mean? Because the guy at first base is kind of killing us. You know what I'm saying? And I want to talk a little bit more about the guy at first base because naturally, I think everybody, when they see the Padres make this trade, they start thinking about, oh man, 
could the ground ball gremlin be leaving? Could this be it? Let's talk about that, guys. But before we talk about that, let me talk to you about someone that is objectively good. Well, it's not a person, but it's a thing. It is the best protein bars in all the land, ladies and gentlemen. They are, of course, the Built Bars, guys. I've talked about these things ad nauseum. They are fantastic. They are delicious. And most importantly, they're healthy for you. Check out the macros. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Dozens! Dozens! It's healthy for you, and it's really good. Soft and easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, and they've got a lot of flavors, man. That's why I love about them the most. Cookies and cream, white White chocolate cookies and cream, more like. They've got coconut almonds, coconut, mint brownie, cherry barcia. Barcia, I am hiccuping a lot. That is bad for doing a live podcast show on video. It's it's a little bit rough, but we, we go through. Maybe I need a built Bar. What can I say? Maybe I need a coconut brownie chunk flavor. Maybe I just need a peanut butter flavor. Who knows, guys? But bottom line is these things are healthy for you, and they got a great variety of flavors. So what are you waiting for? Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And remember, everybody, as always, thank you for making Lockdown Pirates your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. A lot of people are wondering whether or not this signing could maybe affect what the Padres are doing with their current first baseman. A person that, according to MLB Network, they were aggressively shopping, right? They were aggressively shopping him along with Will Myers, and that to me is one of those reports that's like a report, but like a report that we already know, you know what I'm saying? It's like kind of like silly to bring that up. Who is going to want to take on those four years and 18 gajillion bajillion dollars a year, right? I don't really know. I don't know who's going to be interested in that. You'd probably have to attach a prospect to him, which many people have been saying, and that makes sense. Now, I think that people shouldn't get too excited by this signing, or I should say this trade for Luke Voigt, that it portends of future things to come necessarily for the Padres' first baseman. It does not necessarily mean that. The I feel like it might have meant something if this happened earlier, because that could mean that they want to use even more time to be able to dump uh, the ground ball guy somewhere else and then be able to find a replacement with one of the other you know big-time free agents that are out there. Maybe that's what it could mean, or a big-time trade, whatever have you. But they didn't do that. So I don't think that that's necessarily what this means. What it does mean, though, is that the Padres have a good quality DH guy. A lot of people have been saying, he's so bad at first base. He lets a bunch of... I will never forget, guys. I actually showed my mom the other day the video of the the his name is the worst player in baseball. And it's just a montage of the ground balls and the mistakes at first base. When he gave up the, the, the game winner to Houston, when he was walking to get the pop-up, and then he just goes to his knees and all that. A little joint pretend smoke at the end of it. Uh, which was very weird. And then, for me, the most memorable moment for defense was like a fundamental thing that you don't even do in Little League. And again, I'm being really mean right now. Forgive me, uh, people who don't like it when I get mean. Um, when Hassan Kim was in the shift, drifting over, he makes a decent play to get the ball, kind of in the outfield grass. And ground ball, man, he's like tracking the ball and waiting for it to be thrown instead of just running immediately to first base, planting his foot and then sticking it out. That's what you do. You know what I'm saying? Baseballs get to you pretty fast. This isn't like football where you might have to slow down or whatnot depending on where the ball goes. He was tracking it like he was an NFL receiver. And that led to the guy being safe and it was ridiculous. But anyway, enough hating on him necessarily for now. But 
I think that instead instead of viewing it as this is the potential replacement, you should view it as a DH who is an actual DH. This guy could give you power. It might be more his natural position, actually, Luke Voigt. Just a guy who can get up there and clock you some home runs. It's not going to cost the money thing that Nelson Cruz would have cost because Nelson Cruz, you know, got $14 million for one year. So that's definitely something the Padres couldn't necessarily do given their paywall right now. But it is very exciting. Hold on one second. Also, um, I will say, if I freak out, uh, at any time while recording this, it, there is a rumor that Trevor Story might be signing soon. So have that be said, I'm recording this on the Friday. Um, that it gives you a legitimate DH because yes, it's tempting to move him off of that first base and then have him as the DH because you're like, I can't stand his defense. Put Cronenworth there. It would be better. Would it be better? Yes. But then it would also mean you would have the worst DH probably in the National League and maybe in baseball. So it hurts you there, uh, especially with how much money you're paying him. Luke Voigt, low cost, put him at DH. We'll see what happens. Maybe he's a 30 home run, 260, 320 guy. That's not that bad if he can just deliver on the power and stay healthy enough. And what else? two things they have to do with some character stuff so forgive me analytics people forgive me i'm sorry for bringing this stuff up i know you guys like to pretend they're robots i know this stuff matters but maybe this means a little bit of more motivation for our first baseman maybe it means that some days luke voigt might play first base and they'll bring in anybody as dh they could bring in another bat they've apparently been interested in jorge soler all right. Maybe they put him at DH some nights just to show, hey, we've got someone that we're ready to play here instead. All right. Maybe it could happen, especially with Bob Melvin, who's the new manager, obviously, of the Padres. And I think unlike past managers like Jay Stingler, who's a rookie young manager, an extension, some believe, and based on the fact that he had a connection with Preller to the front office, right? with AJ Preller that maybe he's not going to be as inclined to make that kind of statement and be like, hey, man, you've been terrible lately. I can't just keep putting you in the lineup. I'm not saying... That ground ball gremlin has to, that he should never play. But like when you're struggling and you're sliding in the playoffs, that's why I think Pete got people so mad, Jay Stingler. It was like, we just traded for Adam Frazier and he's played one time in four games. Why is it that you can't give that guy like one game? He's been terrible. Why don't you just say, you got to take a seat for now? We're going to put Jay Cronenworth at, at first, Adam Frazier at second, Hassan Kim at shortstop, and obviously Tatis and that whole kerfuffle, right? And so they just kept playing him almost like it was, they were, they were, um, financially they had to you know what i mean which is obviously where that what comes into play for sure but um that's what that means maybe he has a little bit more motivation to go out there because it'd be a little embarrassing to lose some playing time over at first base granted i don't know how embarrassing when you're making as much money as he is maybe you just don't care and in fairness i might not either so i do not fault him for that the next thing is luke voigt has a lot to prove a lot to prove i mentioned earlier in the first part of the show that he was complaining about his playing time and that Anthony Rizzo came in and kind of usurped him. Anthony Rizzo, by the way, I'm going to actually bring this up really quickly. Um, it's not like Anthony Rizzo was incredible at first base. He's a little bit more name than uh, production, I'd say, at this point in his career. Let me see if I can bring this up really, really quickly. Uh, but for the Yankees, in terms of the, the, the second half for the Yankees, it's not like he was so demonstrably better, right? Then um, Luke Voigt, 249, 340 on base with a 428 slugging percentage. He did manage to hit eight home runs. He was solid. Look, that on base percentage is very good. He's able to take a walk, which is good. You know the Yankees, walk, strike out, home run. That's all they care about. And he was a better defender. But I do understand Luke Voigt kind of being like, hey, man, like I'm losing all my playing time. I was great for you guys for two years. 
two seasons, I was the diamond in the rough, and I'm not getting any playing time because I was hurt. So I understand that. So he has a lot to prove, and I like that. He's I don't know if he's a free agent after this year, but him doing well with the Padres will be big time. I know the Padres aren't as you know incredible of a ballpark necessarily that's conducive to maybe Luke Voigt's type of power, but I don't think it's going to hamper it enough to make us say, oh, no, this is like going from Coors Field to, to Safeco and Mariners. Is Safeco the name of the Mariners park? I don't feel like looking it up right now, guys, but you can tell me in the comments if you want. Um, so I like that. I like that he's motivated. And uh, my buddy Arm Layton, actually, speaking of the ground ball gremlin, my buddy Arm Layton over at Just Baseball, co-founder, good friend. He's been on the podcast talking prospects before. He tweeted, you know what may inspire the ground ball gremlin to hit the ball in the air a bit more? Coors Field. Get the Padres to eat some of the four years, $59 million, and they'll still have to attach a prospect. MLB Club gets a bit better, Farm gets a bit better, and won't break the bank. That's true. Maybe he could do better. Maybe that will influence him to do better. So I'm just saying, as a potential trade destination, also let's keep into account which I'm going to do a little bit more of a free agency overall recap about like every big move after the lockout and what I think of it next week when we start going back to five episodes a week, uh, at least try to i'm gonna try guys i i should be able to get five out next week but uh gonna give more in depth about it but that chris bryant deal shows you you just got rid of nolan arenado you want to save money you paid for him to get out of there and then you brought in another guy for even more than nolan arenado basically per year very odd move for a guy that's not a transformational star it's not like they brought in shohei otani i'd be like yeah i mean who cares if you don't even have a farm you just brought in like a super super duper star that could change your the course of your organization god imagine shohei otani in course field That'd be nuts. Uh, so maybe the Rockies are getting a little bit crazy right now, but since they might be showing a willingness to spend money, you take on our guy, and then we give you some prospect. Maybe we even give you Campizano. I don't know exactly what they're looking for uh, in terms of their farm system. Maybe like a pitcher, maybe an Ethan Elliott, maybe who I like bringing up all the time because I just I love pitchers who don't throw that hard that are still able to like produce out. So I love Ethan Elliott. Um, you know, throw some other guys in there. Uh, Kevin Copps, who's been on the show before. Maybe he's someone that you throw in there. I know that they need bullpen helps too. They need everything. So everyone would be on the table, hopefully not an Abrams type. But you do that, uh, the Rockies might be motivated to do that. So it's just an idea, and I do agree with my buddy Aram Layton. It would be very fun to see him go there. That way it would open up things a lot more for the Padres going forward. And speaking of the Padres going forward, let's talk about a little bit of the remaining free agents and what could be on the mend when it comes to the Padres for the rest of this post-lockout slash spring training era, uh, because there's still a few things left that we have to talk about amongst free agents. But before we get into that, guys, before we get into that, a lot of people like making bets right now, man. It's college basketball, man. It's college basketball season. I know you people. You might I know you lurking right now, listening or watching me on video. You are probably doing your March Madness bracket. Well, guess what? BetOnline.net, they have you covered. They're the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs and info. The best spot for all sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. With March Madness going around, I got killed. Iowa lost, and I think I had San Diego State going far only because of you podcast listeners that I host this. I was like, heck yeah, good defense, and San Diego State will go far. Something in San Diego sports has to go, right? Nope, they lost last night to Creighton. Ugh, cheese Louise. Uh, but still, I imagine you guys are very interested in March Madness, and BetOnline.net has you covered. Go check out their website. They've got a lot of cool stuff. Or on your mobile device, BetOnline, where the game starts. And then one other thing, guys, that I want to mention to you. Are you ready to discover your purpose and leave an impact wherever you go? 
I got Mission Possible for you, written and read by New York Times bestselling author and athlete Tim Tebow and encourages you to find your inspiration, pursue your purpose, and create a life for yourself that counts. Ignite a new spark in your life through this inspirational new listen. Hey, everyone needs a little bit of inspiration and mojo every now and then, right? Mission Possible by Tim Tebow is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. All right, folks. We're in the final stretch of the podcast. Hope you've been enjoying it. I've been enjoying doing it, to be perfectly honest with you. Let's talk a little bit about the remaining free agents. As I alluded to earlier, Trevor Story, according to John Heyman, is expected to be signing uh, pretty soon. Um, they say it's between four teams. This isn't necessarily a guy that the Padres were going to be interested in. This isn't necessarily a guy that would even work for them. He's a shortstop slash maybe middle infielder. Maybe he can play second. But we've seen he's a gold glove caliber type of guy over at the, the old hot corner. Nope, that's third base. My bad. Over at shortstop. <laughs> Forgot my uh, baseball vernacular for a second there. But apparently, here's the tweet from John Heyman. Superstar shortstop is choosing one of four teams soon. Giants, Red Sox, and two others remain in the mix. Prioritizing winning. Apparently considering a short-term positional move if necessary. Some people said, could Story be an option for the Padres? You get him on a one-year deal, especially because, you know, uh, what's his face? Tatis is out for three months. Maybe you get him to fill in over that corner, provide you some really great defense. I don't see it. I think that they're going to roll with Hassan Kim, Jerickson Profar, or CJ Abrams at some point if he shows enough in spring training that that's what they'd rather do instead of spending a little bit on Trevor Story. Again, what do I know? There's two mystery teams there. Maybe they're, maybe they're the Padres. We don't know for sure, but I don't know if that's necessarily where the Padres are going to be looking. Instead, they need a power outfield bat. And in terms of the remaining free agents... Which, granted, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying story would be awful, but in terms of the big free agents that are remaining, you got Brett Gardner, number one. I'm just kidding. Uh, you got Carlos Correa, obviously, is the top free agent still left. He's a shortstop. I don't think he's coming to the Padres because he's probably going to cash in. If he didn't cash in and went to the Padres for like one year, 28 mil, 30 mil, I'd be unbelievably shocked. That ain't happening. Let's move on. The other one, Nick Castellanos, who is easily the player that I've been asked about the most um, when it comes to free agents, I'd say, this offseason because he has power, he's a meme legend, and, you know, most importantly, He's just, he's just flat out good. You know what I mean? He's one of the top free agents, and the Padres really need an outfielder. But what I've said a lot is that the investment it would take for a Castellanos, I thought that there's a chance that maybe he'd get like a six-year deal for a team that's really desperate for offense, but maybe he won't get that. If we want to go by Fangraphs' predictions, uh, Ben Clemens said a three-years type of deal, $63 million total uh, average annual value of $21 million was his prediction. Median crowdsource said four years, uh, $60 million per year, total of 64 or average crowdsource 4.13 years, an average annual value of 19.5 with a total of 80.6. So that's not a killer, killer contract that's going to set you back for years the way that the Padres' first baseman one is, or even, say, your 14-year deals, your 8-year deals, your 10-year deals. But... The Padres might not necessarily be wanting to spend that much money per year right now. So while I wouldn't hate that signing, like outright hate it, I certainly wouldn't love it when you also consider the fact that Padres do not have a lot of outfield depth and they'd be putting a lot of pressure on Mr. Trent Grisham to carry the defensive load. Granted, he's a center fielder. That's what they do. They carry a lot of the defensive load and it's good that they have a plus defender there. But he is a Jackie Bradley Jr. This isn't Tyler O'Neill. You know what I'm saying? This isn't uh, Lorenzo Cain in his prime. 
or something like that. This ain't no Willie Mays. He's good, but not great. If you add that much of a minus in the outfield when the Padres did just trade for Luke Voigt, I can imagine, unless they're able to trade their first baseman, and then you put Voigt at DH, and then you put with at first, and then so on, and then you're able to put um, move things around, maybe and get another left fielder. I don't know. But in terms of just on the tape face value, I'm like, that's a lot of a minus. He might be one of the worst defensive players in baseball. Despite the power, that's great and whatnot. I know, even with the DH, I'm just saying, guys, I think the Padres got themselves their DH for a low-cost move, and I love it. I love the Luke Voigt move. I really, really do. I know it's not the blockbuster move, but it is exciting. And reportedly, the Phillies are very interested, and the Phillies seem to be hell-bent on having the worst defensive team in baseball, uh, whether it be even infield with Didi Gregorius, and I don't know if Alec Bohm's particularly great on defense, but uh, that outfield would be a mess. Every ball would be getting through, which would be great for the Padres, uh, even if he might you know, clock a bunch of home runs every now and then. So that's not a direction I would like the Padres to go in because of how much I think it'll cost. Then you have Michael Conforto, who's one of my favorite free agents still available, um, I've been talking about this guy a lot. I think he's going to be one of those guys that probably takes a little bit of a multi-year deal, maybe two-year deal. I don't know exactly um, what he would take. It depends on what the market is for him. Um, but I think that he's really good. He's been a lot more consistent, plays a lot better defense, not necessarily an all-star defender, but he's not going to kill you. And I don't want, given the lack of Padres outfield depth, another ultimate, ultimate minus defender. If you're just, eh, I'll, I'll, I'll stomach that. I'll stomach that. So maybe that's a direction the Padres could go in. And to be honest, what's interesting is I've barely heard anything about Michael Conforto, like barely anything. Um, Trevor's story, his market only started heating up literally this morning when I started seeing that, you know, what, what John Heyman said, which is that he's apparently going to, you know, sign with the team pretty soon. One of these four with two mystery teams and whatnot, right? So that's one thing, right? That is one area that we'll have to see uh, whether or not the, the Padres go in that direction. Um whether or not they're able to go in that direction. Because it does feel like the way everything's been going, they are a little bit hamstrung. And they actually gave a decent amount to Nick Martinez, who, shout out to the commentator, who just attacked the heck out of me back when I talked about the Nick Martinez signing, which is actually worth a little bit more. It's a bad contract for the Padres in the sense that he can just opt in if he pitches horribly, or he can opt out if he pitches great and then you lose him, right? So that's a little bit weird. Um, that, And it's not like there was a competitive market for him, from what I understand for Nick Martinez. But that is for another show. We'll talk about Nick Martinez more another time. Hopefully he's good, though. I'm somewhat optimistic that he'd be a good fifth option in the rotation. That's basically the the, the issue here, right? Is that the Padres' first... I took a long pause there. The Padres' first baseman is potentially blocking them from doing a lot of moves. That's why I think the first thing you heard was that they were shopping him and Myers. I think that's why you heard that. I think it's because they know... That ownership, in fairness, is spending a lot of money, guys. This is not Cleveland or Baltimore. If this was Cleveland or Baltimore, I would be raging right now. I'd be like, I don't care. You know what I mean? If they were even just at, I don't know, $80 million, $100 million, I'd be like, screw it. Go after one of these players, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should go after one of these players. So, unfortunately, I don't see... Um, I just got excited because I saw a notification. But no, it's just the line of the shields to the Marlins. Um, that... Uh, We'll have to see how it pans out. The other option I think that we have available is potentially uh, Jorge Soler. I know the Padres have been talking to him, but given that they just signed or traded for, I keep forgetting it's a trade for, uh, their DH, basically, of the future in Luke Voigt, that's not necessarily something I see unless the first baseman gets traded. Um, so I wouldn't look in that direction. The only last other thing that people have been talking about, but I'm not really buying, and I don't think you guys should either, is Brian Reynolds. Now, don't get me wrong. 
in terms of the Pittsburgh doing Pittsburgh things, yes, it would make so much sense that they put him on the trade block. A really great young player, but we just refuse to pay anything and sign and actually commit to anything. Yeah, let's trade him. Even though Brian Reynolds is the type of guy that you trade uh, your big star player for and get prospects back and hope that one of them turn into him. Great defensive player and a good offensive player too who hits for power and hits for a good on base percentage he's just one of the he could be a top 15 outfielder would i trade cj ames for him like that you know what i mean that would give you a plus defender plus plus defender in left field plus in center field and myers not really that great but you could stomach it for one more year um i would love that so much but i don't know if it's real because he's got four years of control man even the pirates aren't that cheap right even the pirates can't be so cheap to the point where they are going to give up on a 26 year old who has four years of control to just reset again it's like why are you doing that you know what i'm saying it's like imagine if the padres the way tatis blew up and then pretend they didn't pay him in 2020 they were thinking we got to trade him now actually it's like no you don't this guy looks amazing like why this is what you rebuild for but even then, I just don't know how much I'm buying it. It feels more like it's rumors being propelled by teams that want him versus the Pittsburgh Pirates wanting to trade him, if that makes sense, based on everything that I've heard from. And don't get me wrong. If the Padres did that, that would be elite. That would be elite. And I know some people want to say a Suzuki. Kevin Acey obviously didn't have it totally right when he said that he was really in deep talks with the Padres and then he signs with the Cubs. But five years, 85 is pricey. So that probably explains why the Padres were out. Based on all the moves that we've seen, it seems that the Padres are a little bit hamstrung by their first baseman and by the rest of their roster, so I would not expect one of these major free agents to sign with the team. I wouldn't. I would not. I would expect them to make a move via trade, maybe for some outfielder we're not thinking of. Hey, Nick Senzel of the Reds. Um, not Nick Senzel. Um, Jesse Winker wasn't necessarily a guy that people were like immediately thinking was going to be traded. Gary Sanchez. It's a catcher, but it's not necessarily guys people were thinking of being traded. There might be guys on the block that we don't know about when it comes to outfielders. Maybe a Kevin Kiermeyer is someone the Padres could trade for. He'd give you great defense, not a great bat, but elite, elite defense, which I would welcome, personally. I would welcome that a lot, especially if you don't have to maybe give up too much for him. So that'd be interesting, uh, and especially considering we'd make so many trades with the Rays. So again, guys, that's my thoughts on the rest of the kind of options available. Nelson Cruz being gone really hurt us, I think. Uh, that's definitely someone they wanted. But nonetheless, you got to keep the faith, and you got to continue onwards. Guys, that about does it for today's show. But before we conclude things, let me just say you should check out the Locked On MLB podcast. Guys, now make your second listen. Locked On MLB, hosted by Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. Let me tell you, it's very unique. I'm going to be going on that podcast very, very soon for sure. I love Sully. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. In terms of the future of this podcast, though, guys, you can expect some breakdowns next week. I'm going to be talking with Stacey Gatsoulias and probably Abby Mestrocco, the host of Locked On Yankees, about Luke Voigt, getting a little bit deeper dive into the Padres' newest edition, which is going to be very, very fun. Probably going to talk about Nick Martinez. Going to be doing a giant recap of all the big free agency moves, what I think, giving my thoughts on the Chris Bryant deal or whatever happens with Story and whatnot. Hopefully he doesn't go to the Giants. Please don't. Please, Major League Baseball, stop letting every talent go to the National League West. It is so annoying. Please stop. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, Going to be giving those recaps on that. Going to be talking about Trent Grisham and why he needs to have a bounce back season. All sorts of good stuff. A prospect talk about C.J. Abrams is coming in the winds. Talking about top 10 baseball movies. It's going to be fun, guys. It's going to be fun. Spring training is underway. And the vibes... The vibes. Still depressing time in Padre land. But at least we did something. At least we did something. 
And with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever, all your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter, or Lockdown Padres on the old YouTube to see my wonderful little hat. I like wearing this thing because it's yellow, and you know the Padres colors are yellow. So, if you guys want to see all that, please be sure to check it out. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. Fire faithful homies. Come on.